Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George, and today we're going to be talking about how overcoming, we're going to talk, we're going to, like, we're going to overcome blame, guilt, envy, and arrogance by overcoming the uh, illusion of free will. Okay, now before we get into this, I just want to like briefly go over what we mean when we say that we have a free will. And, uh, and actually before that, and why, why it's important, why this is like so important to us as people and as a society. Um, the reason, the main reason it's, it's important is because um, when we believe that we have a free will, then we hold ourselves and each other accountable. And that leads to, I mean, that's the very theme of this show. To the extent that we over, can overcome this illusion, we will, like, not blame each other as much. We won't feel as guilty, won't feel envious of others. And when we do good things, we won't feel arrogant. We'll feel grateful. And, um, you know, so, like, that's on a personal level. Consider that how that would affect our world geopolitically, you know, how we treat ourselves as countries and, and groups of people. That, you know, this, this illusion of free will has profound and comprehensive consequences. I mean, it's just like it's all-encompassing. And, uh, again, that's why it's, like, really important that hopefully we will, um, you know, take measures, um, steps to, uh, to kind of, like, reconstruct our society in a way that will um, adhere to the truth, to the reality of, of, you know, what our human will is, and to help us out in other ways. Okay, um, so basically, when we say that we have a free will, basically what we're saying is that what we do, what we decide, think, feel, is completely up to us. And right, you know, right from the start, you can, you can understand how, how, and it's, all right, it's completely up to us without anything that's not in our control compelling us to do what we do. So like, so for example, let's say, let's say we say that our feelings are completely up to us. Okay, now, if that's the premise, if free will means that we can freely choose to feel what we want, then who among us would choose to feel negative feelings, would choose to feel anything but blissful, you know, 24 hours of every day? Okay, um, if, if having a free will means that we could, um, you know, make our moral decisions completely up to us, that we could be as good as we would want to. Who among us wouldn't be a perfect angel? Who wouldn't like completely do good all the time, especially toward, you know, the people in our lives? Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a way to understand very clearly how, you know, obviously we don't have a free will. It's, it's an illusion. It's, um, it's something that, um, that, you know, quite ironically, we have been basically predetermined to believe. It, it hasn't been up to us that we believe this. It's kind of like, for example, we, um, nature kind of had us have the illusion that, for example, the world is flat, you know, and we thought that for a long time, and now we know it's an orb. Um, but this is a much more important illusion that, because, like, you know, we can conduct our, our everyday affairs regardless of whether we believe the world is flat or not, whereas, like, 
this belief in free will just affects us so profoundly, so dramatically. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, so the idea of free will is that, you know, we can just, what we do is completely up to us. You know, nothing that's not in our control is making us do anything. And again, right from the start, if you consider that we have an unconscious that's always active, always awake, then one, we could never say that anything we do hasn't been made at the level of the unconscious, or at least, you know, with the participation of the unconscious. Because think about it, when, when we make decisions, these decisions require concepts, you know, and they require kind of like a decision-making process, you know, process of how we decide. And with these concepts, which, you know, basically linguistically words, we, we don't hold all that stuff in our conscious mind. We can't. It would be impossible. So all, all, the, all the words, all the concepts that we draw our conclusions on, that we draw our decisions on, have to be contained in the unconscious. And now see, if the, if the unconscious is not in our control, which it isn't, because by definition we're not even aware of it, and if we have to draw on the unconscious to make every decision we make, then that, that just explains why free will is, is impossible. You know, it has to be an illusion. But there are many other ways. I mean, but for this show, we're going to be focusing on overcoming blame, guilt, and arrogance, and, and envy by overcoming the illusion of free will. Okay, here's, so here's the thing. Um, under this illusion of free will, we hold ourselves accountable. You know, when, um, when we or other people do things that are wrong, we blame ourselves, we, we condemn ourselves, we indict ourselves, we, we prosecute ourselves, we, we punish ourselves and each other, you know. Um, and then, you know, when we do good, we, when we do good, we, um, we take pride. You know, and pride leads to arrogance. Pride leads to comparisons. We compare with ourselves with others, you know, because I did a certain thing, I'm, you know, better or whatever. You know, we look down on others. That's not good for relations, for interacting with the people in our lives, with others. Um, when we, um, when we do, when, when others do good, we blame them. And again, that leads to kind of like a back and forth aggression. And when we, um, we ourselves do stuff that, you know, that if we had a free will, <laughs> we really wouldn't do. But when we do stuff that, that, um, that we finally, you know, we think of as wrong, we realize is wrong, then we tend to punish ourselves, you know. So, and, and naturally then the last part is um, a lot of times when other people do things that are really good, we tend to envy them. We, we don't realize that, wait, you know, it, it wasn't up to them. They were, you know, either lucky in a certain sense or just that's the way that um, nature compelled them to be, you know. That's the way it is. All right, so let's, let's look at these um, one by one, okay? And you just, it's the harm, the actual harm that this illusion of free will does, you know, every day on a social, you know, societal, global level. Okay, so, so somebody does something wrong, okay? The belief in free will just um, leads us to blame them. It leads us to say, well, they, of their own free will, of their own accord, 
you know, did something, let's say that wrong was toward us, they, you know, aggressed against us, they, they hurt us in one way or another. And so what happens, you know, with the illusion of free will, if we're like ascribing complete accountability to the other person, we're blaming, blaming them, we see them as our adversary. We see them, we, we're in competition with them. We, we, we seek vengeance sometimes. We seek, we seek a retribution. We seek to punish them, you know, because they did evil. They did wrong. They did bad. And, um, all right, now contrast that. Because that's the result. That's, you know, that's what happens when we um, ascribe free will to others. So what happens when we understand that, um, that the other person who did whatever they did toward us had absolutely no choice in the matter? They were compelled. They were, they were, they were completely compelled in what they did. It wasn't up to them. Okay, to the extent that we can understand that, then um, what happens? We become more understanding, more compassionate. You know, like, for example, if somebody... <laughs> Uh, let me see if this works. All right, let's say somebody takes somebody else's hand and knocks it into you, okay? Now, are you going to blame the person whose hand somebody else took and knocked it into you? Or are you going to blame the person who took the other person's hand and knocked it into you? Naturally, it's, it's the latter. Um, so what happens is, like, when we understand that... Um, that nobody has a free will. The free will is an illusion, has been, always will be. Um, we, um, if we're going to become angry, we don't become angry at that person. You know, we don't, we don't, you know, wish to punish that person or seek vengeance and all, um, you know, toward that person. We may become angry at the universe. We may become angry at God, uh, you know. It depends, but, but certainly what happens is we're not going to be angry at that person. And what happens when we're not angry, when we don't blame that person, all of a sudden we're on the same side of this equation, of this, this thing that's happening. Like if both, if both the other person and you realize that neither of you have a free will, then from that understanding you can say, wait a minute, you know, why would fate, why would God, why would the universe, why would the causal past, you know, have this be done, you know, and, and so what happens, you know, then, you know, your relationship with the other person is conser conserved, you're no longer the adversary, um, you're on the same side trying to figure it out. Now, naturally, I'm not saying that um, understanding that we don't have a free will is going to lead to just like everybody just like, kind of like, being open to aggression by others. You know, for example, if somebody like aggresses toward us in a certain way, we may have to take, you know, certain measures, you know, either separate ourselves or, you know, whatever. But the, but the idea is like we would do this with understanding. You know, it's, it's, it's a completely different thing to kind of like hold someone responsible for something and then, you know, address the situation that way than to kind of understand that both they and you are a victim of this fate, okay? Um, another way to understand this is like, take a young child, okay? A young child does something wrong. Um, we don't ascribe free will to a young child. You know, they'll, they're gonna do, they don't know any better. They're, they're doing the best they can. They just don't know any better. So what happens, we treat that young child with compassion. 
with kindness, with care. You know, we, um, and that's so like, if we, if we take that same kind of understanding that we, we naturally ascribe to young children because we don't hold them responsible because we don't believe they have a free will, if we, we, um, we kind of apply that toward each other, then that, that is just a, a more intelligent, more compassionate, more humane way of, of addressing whatever. It, it, for, um, from, a, from a religious perspective, it makes forgiveness far more easy because, you know, actually in the final analysis, there's nothing to forgive. You know, if everything, um, if the person really wasn't to blame, then, I mean, we might want to quote-unquote forgive them, but, you know, we, you know, the understanding that they weren't to blame means that they're actually innocent. There real, really isn't anything to forgive. Okay, so now we understand how, you know, how like just coming to the understanding that free will is an illusion can help us to not blame each other and help to prevent the kind of conflict that, that blame causes. Um, now let's go to guilt. Okay, so what happens when we do something wrong? Okay, a lot of times, and this is even the unconscious work on this, uh, when we do things wrong, what happens is that we will blame ourselves. And, and many people, many people when, they bl when they blame themselves, even unconsciously, because they're blaming themselves, they'll hurt themselves in some way. They'll punish themselves. If, if not through certain kind of like physical means, through, through just emotional means of just like feeling bad, feeling really bad sometimes. Okay, so um, that's the free will perspective. Now, what happens to the extent that we understand that free will is an illusion, that free will just doesn't exist? So we do something wrong, and as like in the first case, we come to realize that it was wrong, right? And then, but what happens is like that our conscience can recognize, fine, it's, this is wrong, and it may be wrong, you know, because it's uh, at the expense of someone else. It may be wrong at the expense of myself or whatever of goodness. But we can make that determination without punishing ourselves. In other words, we can say to ourselves, fine, I realize that I did wrong, but it wasn't my fault. I still remain innocent, okay? But that doesn't mean that I'm going to continue to do the wrong. Because once we understand that we've done something wrong, it's, just, it's, it's wise, it's good, it's right to correct ourselves, <laughs> but again, we don't have to punish ourselves. As a matter of fact, it would be wrong to punish ourselves for what we cannot, you know, help but do. Okay, um, so now, now let's go to envy. So, um, so some people, you know, we're around people and they, um, they're doing something that like, wow, you know, we wish we could do that. We wish we could be that way. And, you know, with our free will perspective, we, we say, well, they, you know, they did it of their own free will. They're deserving. And, and I guess I, of my own free will, just like can't compare. I mean, the person is just so much better in, in this way or that way. And what does, that, what, what does that lead to? That leads to feelings of lack of self-esteem. It leads to one devaluing oneself. And I, I did a lot of research on happiness, and um, I know that self-esteem is actually one of the four components, personality traits that's most conducive to happiness. So that to the extent that we diminish our self-esteem, we are diminishing our general well-being, our general happiness. So... 
so what's the alternative? You know, when we, um, when we understand that, wait a minute, this person may have done a wonderful thing, um, great discovery, an amazing athletic um, performance, uh, amazing social performance, whatever. Um, when we don't ascribe free will to the person, we're much less likely to envy them. We might say to ourselves, well, gee, I wish that, um, that fate or nature or God had given me those kinds of um, qualities, that, those gifts and all. But, but we wouldn't compare ourselves to the person in the sense of ascribing those qualities to the person and then like holding ourselves in less regard because of that, because it wouldn't make sense. Okay? All right. So, what's the, the last thing is like to the extent that we understand that we don't have a free will, it, um, it prevents arrogance. Because think about it, you know, like, what are, what are awards about to a great extent? I mean, they're, they're motivators. This isn't a complete either-or thing. Sometimes it's good to feel good about doing something even when you know that it's, it's not, you know, it's completely not up to you. I mean, for example, a lot of the greatest sports stars, what are, when they get interviewed, they say, well, I was lucky, you know. Um, I thank God. It was actually God working through me. They're, they're very humble in that way because they know. But, um, but many of us, you know, what happens, we do something great, something good, and all of a sudden, wow, I'm somebody. I, you know, I just like, you know, I did this of my own free will. You know, I deserve the credit. I deserve um, reward and all. And the problem with that is that um, it leads to, to negative comparisons. Then, you know, that naturally leads to comparing ourselves with other people. I'm better than that person for this reason. I deserve more than that other person for this reason. And to the extent that we do that, what happens? Um, we get disconnected from each other. You know, um, this, this arrogance, this pride, it just separates people. You know, when people start judging themselves according to what they do and what they feel they deserve, then it just um, it keeps us isolated from each other. It keeps us competing with each other. You know, at, at the, uh, to the benefit of no one, you know, to a great extent. And so naturally, what is the, um, the alternative? The alternative is when we understand that um, free will is an illusion. Um, free will is an illusion <laughs> that, uh, I'm tired, I had some coffee. <laughs> Coffee's working, but still. Um, when we understand that free will is an illusion, we, um, we understand, wait a minute, you know, if I do something good, something great, something, you know, um, of value, hey, maybe I can feel grateful that, that, that fate, you know, uses me as an instrument for this, you know, that, that fate, you know, guides me in this way, but, you know, there, there would be no logical reason for, for any kind of pride or arrogance because it's not we who are doing this great thing. We're just like, again, we're a vehicle, we're an instrument of God, we're an instrument of, of fate. So, so what happens? So yes, yeah, so like we recognize, oh, fine, I don't have a free will, I did something great, it wasn't really me, it's something I'm being used by, by fate to do this. And we, we remain humble, we remain modest, we, um, our interactions with others remain equal, you know, on an equal footing, and um, we, we don't sense ourselves as any better or greater or whatever, and that's going to like really help to um, 
to kind of like, you know, keep us more together. To Okay, so um, now here's a question that we have, though. Uh, it's a very interesting question. Um, fine. We human beings do not have a free will. I mean, there's, because there's cause and effect, because we have an unconscious, because if we had a free will, we'd be completely blissed out and completely moral, but we're not, you know, because we don't have a free will, then what or who um, are we to hold accountable or responsible? Um, there's an irony in this. In, in, in religion, in the Judeo-Christian religion, probably in other religions, um, what happens is when, when, um, when something good happens, like, like these athletes understand, when we do something good, the proper response is appreciation, gratitude. Um, thank God, thank goodness. We, 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 we said ourselves, well, you know, this good could not have been done without God, you know, without goodness. So it's really, you know, when we do good, we understand that. But when we do what's not so good, all of a sudden, it's, it's not God's fault. You know, it's not fate's fault. It's our fault. And that, that is the harm of the belief in free will. So what's the reality? The reality is, okay, when, when something hap, good happens, it's the result of God or fate or the causal past of the universe, whatever you want to call it, nature. And uh, when something not so good happens, again, it's the fault of God or fate or nature or whatever. And so then the question that, that remains is, and I got to do an episode on this. I haven't completely thought this out. Um, fine, we don't have a free will, but does God have a free will? Does the universe have a free will? Personally, I hope, I hope that God is as compelled as we are. I hope the universe is as compelled as we are. And I'll explain why I, I hope that. Um, well, first of all, before I get into that, it would seem that, that let's, let's just address God. Because, you know, I was raised in a Judeo-Christian um, background. And I believe in God. I, I like the belief in God. I, you know, some things don't make sense, but still. But um, with God, you know, for example, let's say we consider, let's say we would, our belief is that God is all good. Okay, then we ask ourselves, well, can God decide whether to be good or not? If he's all good, he's got to be all good. He can't have a free will in that sense, right? Or you ask yourself, well, can God, if he decided, can he suddenly cease existing? He could say, well, I don't want to be God anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> and, you know, he and the entire world universe just like, you know, evaporates, disintegrates, <laughs> whatever. So then you think to yourself, well, wait a minute. If, if God is compelled to be good if, and if God is compelled to be God, then maybe God doesn't have a free will either, which again, that's, that's it's a question beyond my um, reasoning ability, at least for the time being. I, you know, I have to think really hard about that. But I'll tell you why I'd prefer to believe that even God, you know, that if God or the universe doesn't have a free will, that would be a good thing. Because um, there are some things in this world that are really, really, really bad. Um, the way we treat farm animals, you know, the way we treat cows and, and pigs and chickens, um, sheep, you know, you wouldn't believe it. Um, it's really horrible. We basically torture them, 
you know. And, um, and so, you know, well, first, going back to the idea of free will, to the extent that we, um, we don't have a free will, um, we don't have to blame ourselves for this, but, you know, I would hope that um, through compassion we would come to their rescue because it is so, so horrible. And, and I think another point that's kind of like relevant to this is that it seems that even though we don't have a free will, it does seem that God or nature or whatever tends to reward us when we do good and punish us when we don't. So, you know, from the standpoint of compassion, it would be good if we would stop torturing these animals. You know, this lab animals also and, you know, pet mills and all this. But, but the idea is like, um, see, if, if God or nature doesn't have a free will either, then, then we don't have to blame them for, for, this, um, for this cruelty, for this torture. And granted, you know, I'll have to admit that, um, you know, if we don't blame God or nature, I mean, something's responsible. You know, um, and, you know, that it, again, that, that kind of like scenario gets into a, a, a conundrum, a puzzle about, well, you know, it would have to be God because like if God created everything, God must have be responsible for, for everything. But anyway, um, the idea is like to the extent that we um, hold God blameless of, of this stuff, then, you know, it would help us to, to, be, um, to be closer to God, you know. To, to be um, less judgmental of God, whatever. So, all right, um, running out of time. So the idea is um, the illusion of free will does a lot more harm than it does good. You know, without it, we wouldn't blame ourselves and each other. We wouldn't feel that we were better than others, that we, you know, we wouldn't feel this, pra this pride uh, we wouldn't punish ourselves when we um, did wrong. We would understand that, fine, we did wrong, but we, and we would try to correct ourselves, and if the fate allowed, we would. And then, um, and then we wouldn't feel envious toward others. We wouldn't feel that others are better than us, you know, because of this, whatever. So anyway, I hope you have enjoyed this, this episode of Exploring the Illusion of Free Will, and we're going to, you know, there's so much to cover here. Um, um, just in terms of understanding why we don't have free will and in terms of understanding why this question, this, this issue is so profoundly important, both on a personal level and a global level. So um, if you log on to causalconsciousness.com or you Google Exploring the Illusion of Free Will, you should see the, the show's site as the top result, and uh, you'll find us there. So anyway, I hope you're having a great day, and we will see you soon.